This is the Be Memorable Podcast. I'm Ty Erickson. I'll be your host. We'll be talking to the best of the best on how to sell yourself, how to market yourself, how to brand yourself or your company, and overall, how to be memorable. Welcome, Sean Richards. Welcome to the show, I guess you'd call it. Welcome to the podcast. Happy to have you and uh, look forward to, to talking to you to see how you can add, a va- add value to our audience. Um, Sean, just to get started, uh, give the audience, uh, the podcast listeners, an idea. What is it that you do? Sure. And thanks, Ty, for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Again, my name is Sean Richards. I am a business consultant and own a small company called Blue Sky Business Consulting. And I specialize in team engagement and leadership development. My goal is to help teams become more efficient, to help the employees be able to communicate better with each other and get better results, and also to improve the culture within the team. And then I like to work with that team leader in a leadership development capacity to help them become more confident and more competent in their leadership skills and working with that team and leading that team. So how does a business, uh, my next question was, how do you add value? And I think you answered that already, but how does a business kind of figure out if that they need this? Like everybody obviously needs to be more efficient and they, you know, need more leadership and everything else, but how do they know, how do they make that decision of like, oh yeah, I need this right now? Yeah, it's a great question. One of the, the, the phrases that you hear a lot in a business setting is that the employees are their greatest assets, mm-hmm. and which they are. The, the yeah. challenge is that when we talk about employees being an asset, we often, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go into an accounting perspective. We talk about sure. appreciation, you know, and, and, and there's two definitions for appreciation. There's one where you're showing gratitude. I appreciate what you're doing. And that's important, okay. certainly a part of it. But the other, the more accounting type definition is to increase the value of that asset. And in this case, we're talking about people. So how do you increase the value of an employee? Well, certainly you invest in that employee. You learn how they are best utilized in the company. You give them okay. an environment where they can create and innovate and problem solve and that's how it will increase the value. And that's where these services become valuable is to, is to learn how to tap into that, that hidden resource and to create an environment that allows that team member and the team as a whole to be able to add more to the company. And that's where you start to really, truly appreciate that asset that we call the employee. And I'm guessing during these, you know, COVID coronavirus times, uh, you know, you could look at it a few different ways, but that's probably more important than ever, right? I mean, because some teams are shrinking, some, you know, changes are going on internally, stuff like that. I'm guessing that companies really do need to find out how to get more out of what they have, especially in times like these, right? Absolutely. And this is, uh, it's, it's an extreme example, but to some degree, all companies will go through this. It's just right now, everybody's going through it at the same time. But there are always going to be those times where you have a, a bit of a crisis within the company or maybe within a, a community. Maybe it's a natural yes. disaster that hits a local area. In this yes. case, it's uh, nationwide and worldwide with, with the COVID-19 situation. But yeah, it's, it's even more critical now to have people be creative and to find ways to still 
try and keep the business going as much as possible and not let it uh, turn into something where everybody's getting down and discouraged and, and becoming productive. Yeah. So yeah, it's still really important at times like this. So what are some things that people should be doing right now? Um, you know, during this time, what, what are some examples of maybe some basic things that, that businesses can be doing to help their performance and their efficiency and their morale and stuff like that? First and foremost, I would encourage people to remain positive. It's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to get down. It's easy to get scared. It's easy to get worried. And those are all very natural. And certainly there are some things we need to address to, uh, to kind of take care of the problem. We've got to problem solve it and we have to kind of face that right mm-hmm. uh, head on. So the first thing I always encourage is to just be, just stay positive and, and don't let things get dis- too discouraging for you. But the second part yeah. is to allow that environment that uh, you kind of you need to relax the brain a little bit, and there's meditation exercises that can be done to help with this. But we've got to open our brains and let that creativity come out, let that problem-solving ability come out. And that's something that the businesses—it's just absolutely critical right now to to do that. You have to allow for some open-mindedness to say, okay, how are we going to get through this? There's, you have to get creative. Some businesses are, are just going to continue doing what they've always been doing because they're, they're flourishing right now, but others, yeah, they've got to, uh, they've got to be a little bit more creative in how they're going to get through this. So do you see that as a collaborative effort or, and that's a little bit of the dilemma that, that I've been in right now. Is it more of a leadership role if somebody should come in and say, okay, guys, you know, I've problem solved. Here's what we're going to do. Follow my lead. Or is it more that you can go into the team and say, okay, Here's, here's the challenges we have right now. I have some ideas. Let's use some collaboration and get the full feedback on the team. What, what do you see as a better way of handling that right now? Great question. I'm going to go with a C, all of the above. Something <laughs> 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 yeah. that depends okay. on the, the culture of the team pre-COVID-19. Mm-hmm. In other words, what was the culture okay. of the team like before? Ideally, I am one that likes to see collaboration as possible. Many brains on a problem are always going to be better than one brain on a problem. But understanding sure. that there are also are, are people who, who struggle a little bit more in situations like this. They, they do get a little bit more uh, stressed and it's hard for them to think and they do need that little bit stronger leadership. And so the hard part about being a leader in today's culture right now is that you've got to find that careful balance of leading, yeah. but still allowing opportunity for people to to lend in their ideas and that can invigorate a team and really create a sense of hope and enthusiasm when there's just ideas and solutions being presented, even just talked about, even if you don't implement them, the very discussion can be invigorating. Yeah. And and I'm thinking even more now, more now than ever, I mean, communication is going to be a huge thing. And even like I've been hearing, uh, I'm guessing transparency is a part of that as well, of just having that open communication and dialogue. I mean, how important is that? I think it's very important. I think it's important without creating a sense of fear, but you do want mm-hmm. to be pretty transparent with your team and just let them know, hey, here's where things are at. Here are some ideas on how we can get through that. Are there some other ideas? And then letting people know where things are at. I do think that there's a certain amount of transparency that is important. I, I, the only caution I ever give people when they ask that question about transparency is to always try and keep it in a positive light. Don't let it up because it can, it can slide, especially in this environment that we're in right now, it can slide into a negative really quickly. And so try to keep it positive. 
Well, because I'm guessing right now, I mean, part of collaboration and the ultimate answers, I mean, there's obviously in a lot of businesses, there does need to be some scale back or that that seems like it would be the obvious answer. Maybe it's not. But by actually problem solving, I'm sure employees and team members um, would actually be hesitant in proposing some ideas um, because it may involve cutback or give ideas of cutback. Is that is that kind of what you're referring to as far as even negativity? Like if if some of those options are cut back, um, keeping it in the light of, hey, look, we're going to stick together. We're a team. You know, let's let's look at options of moving forward instead of. <laughs> Yeah. you know, retracting type thing. When it comes to cutbacks, that that's certainly going to need to be a higher level leadership type decision. And that is where there's transparency mm -hmm. that needs to be made. The, the challenge with that is that if you start talking about cutbacks, then people just instinctively, they, they suddenly lose interest in trying to help. It's like, well, if you're going to let me go, then I'm not going to offer of any ideas. That's when it's difficult. And that is where the leader does need to make some difficult decisions on whether there are some options and some solutions that can be, uh, generated to solve the problem. Otherwise, you're, you're going to have people just shut down because they all they see right. is I'm losing my job. I'm losing my job. I'm going to be furloughed. It's going to be three months or whatever it is. And so that's right. that's where the transparency is really important. To if you know, because quite frankly, if there are some businesses that just need to to let employees go, they need to to do that, and that's a hard thing. But uh, we need to do that, and then ho hopefully the business can survive, get through all of this, and then bring those people back when they're ready to bring them back as quickly as possible. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what about along those same lines? What about culture? I mean, I, I know we kind of uh, addressed that a little bit, but if we can talk a little bit more about that, what are some ways right now that if you know? obviously what's going on is going on and you're, you're in a business and you know, the economy is retracting a little bit, how, what are some things or what are some ways that you can keep a, a positive culture or a good culture in that team environment while all this is going on? One of the big words that I always talk about in almost any environment, it's rare when we're talking about culture that this word does not come up at some point, And that is trust. How yeah. can you trust okay. each other? And some of that goes back to what you referred to, Ty, when you talked about transparency, about mm -hmm. letting people know kind of where the situation is at. But having that trust to be able to share ideas, having that trust to rely on each other, as we talked about, some businesses are actually, they're busier now than they were before. The business has gone up. Right. And they weren't prepared for that. And that's a good problem to have. But that means a certain uh perspective of trust needs to increase that everybody's going to do their job and do it well and, and be able to, to handle the increased workload without increased help. And then on the other end of yeah. the scale, you've got people that kind of need to have that trust that things are going to work out so that they will keep working at all. <laughs> but they'll keep yeah. coming in or working remotely, I should say, and, and that they're doing productive work. That's a, that's a big topic in the leadership industry right now is how do you keep them engaged remotely? And that's a new problem for a lot of businesses that are used to having collaboration in the office. It's difficult. Yeah, Good it's point. difficult for them to, to make sure that employees are engaged, that they're not getting distracted at home. It's very difficult because parents are home now with their kids because a lot of these, I don't know that there's yeah. a state in the union that has not closed schools to some degree. And so a, a right. new dynamic there, and that's where these trust levels are, are being challenged a little bit. And, and that's where open communication will help to increase the trust and improve the overall culture. 
Yeah, I, I just chuckled a little bit because I was thinking about it. They're telling them how to run a daycare and do their <laughs> job at the same time and how to homeschool, right, you know, right. all, all at once. Yep. Oh, man. That, yeah, that's crazy. It's funny that you say that because I didn't even think of that. I mean, I've had to do that in, in our business here at Private Label, but but we still have some – we've got a balance of both sides. Um, and we've been more so results oriented of, Hey, I'll give you the flexibility. We just know what needs to be done on a daily basis. And so just having that, that clear communication of here's what needs to be done every day. Um, let's just make sure it's done. And if you need some flexibility in that, you can do that. Um, but we just need to make sure everything gets done, you know, that same day. And I think so. that's a great way to handle that tie because you've taken the lead with your company to say, okay, this is how we're going to handle it. We're going to be outcome-based mm -hmm. and we need everybody to do this and make sure that this gets done in a timely manner. And that's where the trust comes back. You know, you're trusting your people to, to get things done on time in whatever way they need to do it, whether it's middle of the night when the, when the kids are asleep or whether it's middle of the day. So yep. yeah, great, uh, great insight you have there. Yeah, and it's a little bit, it's kind of weird, and I'm sure a lot of people are in this space right now, but it, it is kind of weird. It's almost like a, the only comparison I can give it is like a backhanded compliment because what it's allowing me to do and probably other business owners is it's forcing them to have some tough conversations, make some tough decisions that probably already needed to be had or done, but it's forcing them to do that right now. And so it's kind of weird because, like I said, it, it's a double-edged sword. Um, I'm having to have some tough conversations and make some tough decisions. But it's funny, in the back of my mind, I'm going, you know what? This just forced me to do it. Eventually, it had to happen. Like some of the evaluations of some of the things that needed to be done for us to be as, as successful and live up to our full potential had to be done regardless. And it's not fun but I'm kind of sitting there going, you know what, if I was comfortable right now, those decisions would have been pushed off a little yeah, bit longer, you know, and ultimately I look at it and I go, I've got to do, you know, there's obviously emotion, there's logic, there's loyalty, there's all that different stuff. But I'm like, ultimately for the business to survive and to be able to provide for others, um, you know, I have to treat the business like a child and make sure it's fed and, and do what's best for the business so that it can be healthy and provide for others in a healthy way and a consistent and a loyal Absolutely way. Absolutely right. Know. I completely agree. Uh, just sharing that thought. Sorry to oh, go no, off no, on that sure. tangent, but I just know there's other people that are going through that right now. And I guess that's one way of being positive saying, look, I'm guessing most people the stuff that's happening right now had had to happen in order for people to reach their full potential. And it's almost like it's going to force people. To You're absolutely that, right. You know, you're absolutely right. So interesting. But um, so going back to leadership, um, what are some ways when you go into a company and you counsel them, what are some ways right now, especially with the hard times and the hard stuff that I just talked about that people have to deal with? what are some good ways to become a more confident leader? I know it doesn't happen overnight, but what do you recommend if you go in and you say, Hey, like you guys got a great business, but you need a little bit more leadership, or maybe there's a leader that's a little bit more passive or that is unsure. How do you help somebody become more? Great question. Leader? The number one thing that I do, the very, very first thing I do is let's identify the strengths of that leader. Let's identify what they're good at. Mm -hmm. Let's find out how, they can be an effective leader. One of the big mistakes that I see 
and I, I kind of joke a little bit because I'm an older guy. And so I, I go back to the 20th century. <laughs> it's like the last century, this is kind of how we did things. And the 20th century model was kind of a, a command and control type of mentality where you promoted somebody to be in a leadership position. You didn't really provide much leadership training at all. And you kind of told them, mm-hmm. we want you, you've been such a, a great member of the team. You've done a great job in performing as a member of the team. We're going to make you a leader. Yeah. We want you to clone yourself 10 times. We want you to turn everybody else on your team to be just like you because you're so good. But there's no question that mm. that just does not work because not only does sometimes the team leader doesn't even really know how they're doing such a good job as a performer. It's very for them to, to then turn around and teach that to their other team members who have different talents and abilities than they do. And so the number one thing is for that leader to identify where their strengths are at and how to develop those and really become a better leader okay. using their own strengths and therefore their own leadership style. That's where I spend a lot of time. And that really boosts their confidence when they, they feel like, hey, I don't have to be everything to everybody because that's overwhelming to feel like you've got to be perfect. Correct. And it's exhausting, and that's where exactly. burnout comes in. I and think. let's uh, let's be really blunt about something. Not everybody is going to be cut out to be a, a really good leader. And so there's a little bit of a, of a decision that the upper management needs to make when promoting somebody. But to generate a good, confident leader, it's to understand themselves, to recognize where maybe they're not as strong, maybe where they have some weakness, and how can they strengthen that area without feeling like that's all they're focused on. Because science has shown, and all the research has shown, if you focus on your strengths, you do better, you think better, and you perform better. And so that's the number one thing that I start with to help build confident leaders is strengths-based. Uh, that's a great point. So taking a little bit further from that, you know, it would be my assumption a little bit of, does that mean double down on your strengths and then defer your weaknesses? I mean, especially if you have a team, and you say, okay, I've, here's my strengths, and maybe surround yourself with people that can help you with your weaknesses, or how do you ultimately, if they're saying, okay, I'm, I'm really good in these three areas, but man, I, these other three areas, we've got to be able to perform, but I'm just not good at that. Uh, is that answer to be able to kind of defer that this, or find somebody else that can help you in those? It's exactly right. There are a number of ways to tackle it, and we, and we probably won't take time to go through all of it because it's a pretty in-depth conversation. But just sure. as, a, as a quick overview, you're exactly right. The first thing that you want to do is say, okay, I've identified where I'm strong. And, and what's really nice about a team is that you can, you can draw from the collective strength of the entire team. And in almost all cases, you're going to find the talent that you need within the group, within the team. And it's helping. And that's one of the most critical roles of the leader is to help identify and organize that to be able to say, hey, we've got we've got a need to have somebody that's that's really outgoing. We need someone that's going to be maybe it's a sales presentation of some kind or some kind of a presentation to upper management or something. But we need someone who's outgoing that has a really vibrant personality. That may not always be the team leader. It may be someone else on the team that has that really outgoing personality. But you also may need someone to really think through what is needed to get done and think through the steps and kind of be that that strategic thinker of the team. You identify who has that Mm -hmm. strong talent that naturally leans into that. You can put them into that position to be able to, to tackle those responsibilities. So there's a lot of things that you can do to help mitigate some of that weakness, but I liked how you said that, Ty, that you've doubled down on your strengths. 
every research that I've ever read all support the same general theory, which is we get better results when we develop our strengths than trying to, to lift up the weaknesses. We need to manage the weaknesses, but if you'll develop the strengths, you get far better results than you do trying to, to become this well-rounded person that can do everything. It just doesn't work. Right. Well, and I think that one thing that I've realized too, and, and we can move on from this after this, but um, one thing that I've realized that I've had to evaluate is just self-awareness. I think part of the challenge is that is saying, okay, what are my strengths? And then be willing to say, hey, here's my weaknesses. Um, but I think the more self-aware people can become about those things, the better off they'll be because I, you know, I probably spent so much time in my career being like, okay, you know, I got to be everything to everybody and I got to be good at everything. And I can't admit that I'm not good at, at, at many things um, where I finally learned uh, the advantage of saying, okay, let me just be more self-aware. Let's reevaluate, get some feedback and give myself a dose of reality and figure out what my strengths are. And then even more importantly than that of saying, okay, wh where are my weaknesses so that I can acknowledge those and then find people to surround me or people to help or people that are better than me on the team that can do those things. Absolutely. Yep. Great insight. Great insight. Um, what about uh, what's relevant right now? Like, is there anything that you're seeing right now that's that's working? And then after that, I want to ask, you know, I've learned more of what not to do <laughs> from situations yeah. than I do what to do. So yeah. what are maybe some things that people that you've seen that people are doing that's that's working for them right now? The ones that have impressed me the most are the ones that are finding ways to adapt as quickly as possible. And that goes back to some of what we talked about earlier. But those who are willing to, to stretch a little bit and consider some different ways of doing things to at least get by, um, and it, probably a, a discussion for another day, but I've been really amazed at some of the innovation that's already starting to come out. I think we kind of know that over time, more and more really neat ideas, really cool ideas on how to do lots of different things are going yeah. to come out of this COVID experience that we're all going through. But I've been really impressed, and those that seem to be managing well are those who are adapting as quickly as possible. Yeah. And we don't want to put pressure on ourselves, but, you know, we're, we're at the date of this recording. We're a month into this now. And so by now, the, the companies that are going to make it, they, they will have adapted by now. Yeah, and it, it is going to seem in that same thing of just being an over-optimist. Um, in that same way, it is going to force people to innovate or die. Um, right. And, and I don't, you know, I mean that in a positive way, because what I'm hoping is when I say that, that everybody's going to innovate and figure out some things and, and force them out of a comfort zone. I think that's the hardest thing, at least for me too, it is hard to get out of your comfort zone. So yes. at least if anything right now, this is just going to rip people out, which don't get me wrong. It sucks. But at the same time, it, it, it is going to force people to innovate or die. And we're all facing that and we're facing it together. So hopefully collectively we can come together, reach out to each other even and say, Hey, look, I've got to innovate or I'm going to die. What are your ideas? What are your ideas? And then hopefully we can collaborate as a society, as a business community, as, you know, strategic groups, stuff like that podcast um, to be able to get that feedback um, as to where, again, in a comfort zone, you're not going to do that. People are very comfortable being like, well, I can't admit that I don't know this or I don't know that. Or, you know, I, I, I can't let people know that I'm struggling right now. It's like, you know what? The ground's been ripped underneath everybody. 
and we've all got to work together to kind of build this thing back. So, um, there's, that, there's, yeah, you're absolutely right, Ty. There's some beauty in, in what's, what's happening only in the sense that we're all in it together. And that's yeah. been kind of the phrase that has been going around and that, that should allow people to be just a, a little bit more comfortable in their discomfort, meaning that they're stepping out of that comfort zone a little bit. They, they have a sense of, of camaraderie here because everybody's yeah. having to step out and there's that it's okay to take a risk feeling that, that everyone's going through because we're all trying to figure things out. And hey, you might be one that's discovered a new way to work with your kids that you can share with others in your neighborhood that helps yeah. them, family or whatever it may be. So when we talk about innovation, certainly we've been heavily focused on, on uh, business, but there will be some other types of, of fun innovation that occurs outside of the business world that could migrate over into the business world. But I think a lot of people are finding cl uh, clever and creative ways to, to deal with this, these, these COVID-19 restrictions that we're all under and yep. be really creative and innovate in the process. Yep. Yep. And it, and no one is immune to this. I mean, Amazon right now is getting a real punch to the gut, at least from my view. I mean, stuff has completely changed with Amazon. So it, it, <laughs> it really has leveled the playing field and it's, it's also going to open up some major opportunity for other people to become players right now, big or small, medium, uh, you know, whatever it is, it, it is really opening up doors for people to innovate and, and step up and perform. Yep. Absolutely. Right. What absolutely. about what not to do? <laughs> what are some things that people are doing right now that you're going, yeah, that's that's what we shouldn't be doing any any ideas of things we should be avoiding right now you know there's there's a lot of things that i, that I could probably say I I, <laughs> I I think i haven't seen any any one thing that i've been mostly right about a lot of little things i think probably the one word that comes to mind when you ask that question is just don't panic yeah. uh, again this kind of goes back to to how we think and how the brain works but when we, when we panic and when we get fearful, our brains just naturally close up and that creative element that helps solve problems is diminished. And yeah. it, that's why, you know, in a crisis situation, you know, stay calm, just stay calm because it allows your brain to think. Otherwise you get tight. So that's probably the, the one thing I would say is just do your best to, if you need to meditate in the mornings to kind of start your day, find some yeah. way to keep calm, to not panic so that you can continue to solve problems and get through the day. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's a great point. One thing that I'll add to that, um, we've been in this society and it's kind of gotten worse and worse with depression, anxiety, you know, and stuff even worse than that. And I find, and I think people have found that that happens when people live in the future and the past, when they get out of the present moment, they say that depression lives in the past and anxiety lives in the future type thing. Yeah, I think if anything, during a crisis like this, and when you tend to go into a panic, it's a matter of staying in the present moment, because we can all start worrying of like, well, if this doesn't turn around in the next month, and the two months and three months, and oh, man, I'm gonna lose everything. I'm gonna, I can't pay my mortgage, I can't pay my rent, I can't, I'm gonna lose. At the end of the day, I've kind of come to the conclusion of look, I just need to stay, I need to live in a minute at a time, an hour at a time, a day at a time, a month at a time. And when those challenges come, I will deal with them. But there's no point, similar to the leadership thing of trying to be everything to everyone, there's no point for me to start tackling my problems in six months from now. Regardless how bad it gets, I think right now 
we need to get back and just stay focused on the minute, on the hour, on the day, whatever it is, and just stay in that present moment and tackle the problems as they come. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think we need to speculate and be able to overcome stuff and project into the future, but that should be more so what we're going to accomplish, not, not what we're going to worry about. It's goals we're aspiring to, not things we're trying to prevent. Yeah, I completely um, agree. I completely agree. One of the biggest, well, I'm going to say biggest, probably the, the most admirable traits of an entrepreneur and a business leader is one of being willing to take that risk, that risk mm-hmm. tolerance, because they recognize that down the road, there will be some, some roadblocks of, of all different, yep. all business leaders go through it. But they also have that confidence to say, we'll figure it out. And we don't need to worry about what's going to happen 10 months from now. Let's take care of today. Let's take this problem, yep. problem. Let's solve it. Let's get there. And there's there's an assertiveness there that, that entrepreneurs have that I find really admirable, that they really are willing to kind of tackle that and not worry as much about what's going to happen too far down the road. But you're absolutely right. We still have to have the vision to look ahead. But it's in a very positive, proactive setting goals, and we'll adjust and pivot as we need to when things come along. And I completely understand that because I'm an entrepreneur uh convert in the aspect of, you know, I've grown up risk adverse, mm-hmm. um, you know, have a good job, go out. And I've always been able to do really well within a corporate setting, within structure. And then I've had to convert that as, as I've evolved as a person and a business person. And now I'm able, the risk that I'm able to take on, I'm able to take on because of staying in the present moment and being willing to address I get that same thing of address issues in the moment and take risks in the moment and then set goals and projections and stay in positivity into the future. Um, As to where before I was a little bit opposite. So there is a conversion there that can happen. I mean, if it's this, the stupid adage of like, if I can do it, anybody can do it Um, because I was a very risk adverse person. And now I'm sitting there going, look, you just, you have to put in emotion. You have to put in logic. And then you have to stay in the present moment and and deal with those challenges as they come, not speculate all of them in the future. And I think that's what's allowed me to to convert. Um, anyways, that's my my tangent on that. Um, last but not least, I wanted to ask you uh, our focus on this podcast is is how to be memorable. How can a company take what you do and have more of a, a high performing team? Um, have better morale, how does that impact somebody, a a person or a business in becoming more memorable? It's a great question. And I'm going to answer it in in, from two different perspectives, the internal and the external, the internal has to do with all of your employees. One of the greatest things that a company can do is create an environment where the employees just love being there. That's going to accomplish a number of things in and of itself. Number one, you're going to have really dedicated, loyal employees who give you 100%, if not a little bit more. And yeah. you also become a magnet. People want to come work in your company. You're known as a great point that, that uh, people just love to work for. So that's kind of the internal. But you also have the external. And this is where it's really helpful for, for businesses to really consider this. If they have really high-functioning and high-performing teams with happy employees, that naturally translates to the customer. Who's your end customer? Because if they sense that the company is has a culture that's positive and they're able to meet, if not exceed, expectations, then they're going to become a memorable company. I mean, here's here's a quick piece of, of, of I guess, a suggestion for the listeners to consider. 
I call it the E gap, which is the two different E's, the, the expectations and the actual experience that someone has. If you have exp or an experience that's too far below the expectation, that in increases a negative emotion because more frustrating. If you just think about it, it makes perfect sense. If you're yeah. expecting a company to perform at a certain level and they fall way below that, you're angry and you're frustrated. But Correct. the reverse is also is also a, a reality that if the expectation is, is a reasonable one and you far exceed it, then the customer is just elated and they've had a really positive emotional experience. So those are the two words that I would encourage the listeners to think about. If you want to be a memorable company, create positive emotional experiences for your customers and your clients. And as well as for the in, inside team, all of your employees and, and the inside staff there, if you can do that for everybody, you're going to become memorable because that, that emotion is what people are going to remember. And if it's positive, of course, that's the, that's, that's where it right. needs to be. It's got to be a positive emotion because the same thing, right. you can be memorable, but in a negative way if you've not met those expectations. Yeah, that's a great point. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, how can, and I'll put it in the notes here on the podcast, but how can people get a hold of you? Uh, the company name is Blue Sky Business Consulting. So you can find us on LinkedIn. Our website address is blueskybizconsulting.com. And again, my name is Sean Richards. And you can find me on Facebook and social media, just S-H-A-W-N and then Richards. And happy to talk to people at any, uh, with any questions they may have. Awesome. Thanks so much, Sean. I learned a lot. Um, I'm excited to share this uh, with my clients and the, and the people that follow the podcast. I think they'll get a ton of value out of this. So appreciate your time. You have a great day and until next time. All right. Ty, thanks so much. Thanks, Sean.